Welcome to the Live Fit Listens podcast, a safe space of growth, personal development, and overall wellness with your host, Olivia Catania. Diving into the realms of all things health, conscious living, mental expansion, and much more, this podcast is designed to help you evolve into your best self and live fit. Let's get into the show. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of the Lift Fit Listens podcast. Today we are on episode 61, which if you're with it, you know that that implies that it is another Q&A episode. If you're semi-new, basically I do Q&As like every 10 episodes and I did the first Q&A on the 11th episode. So now it just has kind of come out to be like every like the 61st episode, 71st episode, etc, etc. You get the pattern. So that's what we're going to do today. And I'm really excited. I love the Q&A just because I really like being able to interact with you guys. And I also really like that I'm able just to kind of free ball it. Like I don't have anything written on my outline except for my gratitude pretty much. And I just love being able to roll with it. And in case you're curious, I always get these questions from you guys from like an Instagram question box. Or if you're wanting to be able to participate in the Q&As and send in a question and you don't already, definitely go follow me over on Instagram. It's just at LiftFit, my normal um, Instagram. I don't have like a separate Instagram for the podcast. It's just my normal LiftFit one. Um, but if you go there, that's where you're going to be able to find out my stories, like an Instagram Q&A box for you to submit a question. It's also 11.11, which you guys, I want to tell you something. I have been seeing 11.11 and 444 like it's nobody's business. And it's the type of like... It's the type of like numerology or like angel numbers that I'm seeing. Because I think it's one thing when you see them when you're like looking at the clock. Because I do think it's like a little bit habitual. Like, I don't know. But I think it's another thing when you're seeing them just kind of like everywhere randomly or like someone shows you something on their phone and it happens to be 11-11 or you go to pick up your phone at exactly 444 or like I was editing the other day and I came back to my computer and it just so happened to be paused at exactly like 111111. Like things like that where I'm like, okay, uni, like these are actual clear like angel numbers that are meant that I meant to be seeing things like that it just like blows my mind just fun fact anyway for my gratitude for today I just been feeling really thankful for travel you guys obviously know I really love traveling and I just was thinking just this morning about really solidifying travel plans for the year and I did book a one like little mini trip for the beginning of March which I'm just excited for because I've never been there and it I wasn't really planning on it this year so I'm excited to go there um, and then I just, I'm most likely going to go to Hawaii this coming month, which I, I'm excited about as well, which, sorry, I'm kind of sporadic today. I just keep thinking of all these different things. I also this morning had like a really good thorough journaling session, which it's been a bit since I have done that. And I use it as a kind of a little regrouping to revisit kind of reflecting and recapping on the month of January. And then I like took a second to reestablish my intentions and goals and directions for the month of February. And I just want to say, tell you guys that because I highly recommend that you guys do it because it was such, it just was so helpful to kind of like recalibrate and like refocus and kind of revisit those goals that we set for ourselves at the beginning of the year because obviously I did a whole episode about all these yearly goals and you know the real way to actually be able to accomplish them is to make sure that you're revisiting them often so I think it's really helpful to kind of regroup every month especially because January didn't go the way that I was kind of expecting or hoped if you will um, I was sick twice I was trying to help a family member recover from an injury which was just kind of a lot so there just was kind of a lot of distractions and the month like flew by and I feel like I'm just like getting ready to like get to it and the month's over so if that's you if you can relate I definitely recommend like taking a little second to journal or just even just write down 
down on a normal piece of paper about kind of reflecting on how January went and then regrouping for the next month to come. So anyways, let's just get into it because we know these episodes can be a little bit on the lengthier side. So here I am with my iPhone 8 if you're watching on YouTube. (laughs) All right, question number one, how to become more confident in your decisions and opinions when others question them? I think this is such a freaking good question and I was so excited when I read this to answer it. Um, But for me, I have a couple things to say on this. And first of all, just to be very blunt, like this is a huge reason why I personally like to keep a small circle. Because you guys all know the saying, it's a very common saying, like you were the sum of the top five people that you spend the most time with. And I think that's 100% so accurate and so true. And for me, it's like I would so much rather have a smaller circle of people who are actually on my team, like on my side, who are rooting for me in my corner, who support my authenticity and my authentic expression, whether it's different you know, like that involves differencing opinions from them like I would so much rather choose that day after day after day any day of the week rather than having like a larger social circle just to say that I kind of have friends but they're people who don't have my best interest in mind or they're people who I don't feel comfortable to be myself with or they're people who kind of make me feel small or will really like push back my opinions if I'm not like thinking the same thing that the group is thinking things like that so to be fully honest like that's a big reason why I have a small circle and that's kind of a way that I cope with this is just kind of keeping a small circle and being like, okay, because you kind of need to value who you are. You need to value your, this is another good quote. You need to value your opinion of you more than you value others' opinions of you. And that's the same thing that goes for just your opinions in general. Like you need to value your opinion more than you value, more than you value other people's opinions, right? Like kind of to move that away from just like, because that quote really directly relates to caring about what other people think. But I just think that's a really huge thing. And I think cultivating that you know of cultivating the space of like I value my opinions that I have more than someone else's opinions because I just trust myself and I just value my enjoyment and satisfaction of life I guess if you will I think that really greatly comes back to developing a relationship with yourself and developing trust and respect for yourself because then you'll value your word more right like think about someone that you really admire like for me that's my dad like I really admire him and I really value his opinion I really value his word and I really value what he has to say about certain things and that really stems from me trusting who he is I trust his decision making I trust his thought process I trust his intelligence and I respect him I respect the things that he's done in life I respect you know the things he's accomplished in life I respect his character and that makes me value what he has to say right if you don't really trust someone or you don't have respect for them it's like who really could give two craps what they have to say so that to me is really important and I think doing what you can to cultivate that for yourself, right? That trust and that respect for yourself through developing a relationship with yourself, getting to know yourself, practicing self-discipline, right? Having good character to cultivate that trust and respect for yourself will really help you, you know, have more integrity and value when it comes to your word. And to be fully honest, I feel that way about myself. Like I'm proud of the person I've developed now. And so I know I just trust and value my opinion now. Like I know who I am. I'm, I respect who I am. And I think that's what allows me to really value my opinions and my thoughts and not really waver anymore when someone challenges them or someone has a differencing opinion. However, with that, I do know it's completely normal to still kind of have that like ego ping of like if you express an opinion and someone's like, oh, and starts to kind of counter you. I trust me, like I totally know that feeling and I still feel that today where I'm like, oh, someone didn't agree with me, X, Y, Z. And when I reflect on it, I realize that it's because um, 
we just didn't receive kind of that validation that we were kind of hoping to get from someone else. And again, I don't, I want it to be clear that like, this is never something to be ashamed of. Like it's human nature to want a sense of belonging and to feel like you're fitting in. So when someone counters you, it makes sense that you kind of have that egoic pin of like, oh no, I didn't get that validation. I, now I feel kind of like an outcast. I don't feel a sense of belonging. So for me, it's really important to kind of have just what I always do, have that kind of affirmation in my mind to remind myself that I'm safe and that I'm allowed and able to have my own differencing opinion and I don't need the validation of someone else to have the right to have my opinion and so I literally will like do that in my head like this can even happen in a romantic relationship with a partner right like if you guys don't have to agree on everything and to be fully honest I think it's healthy to have differencing opinions and I think it's very healthy admirable and honestly I think it's super attractive when someone is really sure in their viewpoint whether it's validated from another one or not or whether they have support from someone else or not like to me that's like that's really sick that you're so confident and in your authenticity that you don't care if someone validates you or not on your opinion um so for me when I do feel that kind of egoic pain of like, oh, that person didn't agree with me. I didn't get that validation. I'll just say to myself, like, you're allowed to have your own opinion. Your word matters. Your opinion matters. Like, you're smart. You have this opinion for a reason. And I just kind of will validate myself of like, that's okay that they don't agree. Like, and it can be as simple as that as your affirmation. Like, it's okay that they don't agree. And just tell yourself that. Like, little things like that help me so much. Um, and I think it really helps me just remind myself to be confident, comfortable in who I am and you know, I think it's one thing to take what someone has to say, right? If it's like a differencing, because um, it says how to be more confident in your decisions. So I think it's totally healthy and normal to like talk to someone else to figure out what the right decision is. And, you know, I think it's one thing if they have a good, you know, viewpoint, that's the whole point of talking to someone to come to a decision. Like they may help give you a lot of great insight. And that's not to say that you can't change your decision based on them giving you new insight. But I think it's very different from you, you know, gaining a newfound perspective from your conversation with them and you um, coming to the conclusion with them or without them to change your decision, that's one thing. And I think that's totally okay and healthy, but it's a different thing when you're kind of going against your own gut and what you genuinely think or what you genuinely want to do simply just to agree with the other person. And I think there's a very fine line there that's different. Okay, next question. How to not get caught up in the I'll be happy when mentality when visualizing your future? I think another amazing question. What's really changed the game for me with this is because I totally feel you like all throughout college, that was me. Like I was like, I'll be happy when I move here, when I'm in the sun, when I'm out of college, when I'm doing live fit full time, all that sort of stuff. And I think what really kind of helped me flip the switch on that one is because is the fact that when you are in that mentality, you're only kind of pushing off having your quote unquote dream life or future come into your present reality because of kind of just the law and basics of manifestation and energetics. And just to kind of give you a brief synopsis of that, the whole basis of manifestation, right, is to feel the emotion that you are so desperately craving that come with your goals, with achieving your goals, right, or your future that you're fantasizing about, whether that's joy, gratitude, feeling freedom, feeling accomplished, feeling successful, it, there's all emotions that are tied to what you're chasing with your goals or with your future that you're fantasizing about. You're really chasing the feeling and the emotion and the state of being, not necessarily the thing. Like, yes, the thing, but what's really uh, magnetizing that is the emotion tied to having that thing or living that lifestyle or meeting that person, whatever the case may be. So with the back to the law of manifestation, the whole point, if you're kind of sitting and marinating in that, like, I'll be happy when mentality 
it's only validating and reinforcing the concept that you don't have it hence that you're not hence why you're not happy now so do you know what I'm saying it's kind of constantly keeping that future in the future and never having you call it into your present moment. Whereas on the contrary, if you're happy now, if you're grateful now, if you feel successful and proud of yourself now, all that is going to do is help to expedite the process of you calling in that future that you're fantasizing about into your actual present reality because you're feeling it now and that's what's magnetizing it and that's what's allowing you to be in that energetic frequency and vibration to come into alignment with those things currently. Or else if you're constantly feeling like I'll be happy when you're going to be constantly sitting in that you know emotional state of being sad of being unfulfilled because that's what you're feeling so you're going to continue to keep attracting more of that so that was kind of a rude awakening to me a big wake-up call of saying like oh you know like it's really easy to kind of sink into that pity mindset of kind of like oh well I'm miserable right now, but I know that I'll be happy, you know, in five years when I accomplish X, Y, Z. It's like that kind of is never going to come because you have to be it first in order to experience it. And that's kind of what that last episode that I spoke about on the podcast all about embodiment. It's like you need to be and feel and do all the things that you're wanting to in the future. You need to do that now in order to call it in quickly and to actually have it be the dream life that you're experiencing in the present reality or else it's always going to be something in your distant future and so something to help me kind of get calibrated and get into the frequency of those higher vibrational emotions a huge thing that you can write is a gratitude list and I know I sound like a broken record but gratitude lists are so freaking important not only for just like helping you actually raise your energetic vibration because being in the frequency of gratitude is such a high vibe state but also mentally it just does so much so much for your psychological and helping you just feel hopeful and you know help you take more aligned action to continue experiencing that gratitude because that's just the way that the mind works so I'd really highly recommend you starting your day with writing a gratitude list or even while you're getting ready just saying or thinking five things that you're grateful for that day as you're getting dressed for the morning like you don't even need to stop what you're doing and I'm telling you doing that day after day after day will accumulate and will really help your mental state and help you feel actually happy and grateful and appreciative now instead of constantly living in that I'll be happy and grateful when mentality. Oh, here's a good one. How to stay positive about life when bad news in the media is constantly being pushed on you. You know what, you guys? I'm going to say something that's very blunt and not everyone is going to agree with me on this. And I know people are going to be like, you're being ignorant and blah, 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 blah. And my, the harsh truth is I literally could not care less because my answer to this question is I literally don't. This is why I'm very, very, very discerning on the media that I consume. I do not watch the news and I don't ever see myself watching the news. I do not watch it. I don't look at the news app on my phone. I just don't because they always are pushing negative news to you. One is the there's very few times that they're actually pushing like happy things that are happening in the world and I don't like it I think it's super sus and I think it's just completely just programming us and brainwashing us to keep living in fear and feeling like we have all these problems in the world and it completely is directly attributing to people's negative perceptions of society and don't get me wrong there are problems there are hardships in the world I will never deny that and I know I'm a very 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 privileged individual I completely understand that through and through but my thing is is that the media and the news that are just pushing all of this awful you know sharing only the awful things that are happening in the world when there's nothing that you can really directly do about it when you hear that someone got 
killed or xyz like there's nothing that you can for the most part there's nothing that you can really immediately do to make it better so all you're doing is just kind of marinating in that negativity and in that sad energy and for what now it's polluting you now you're in a low energetic state now you're giving that to the person that you see at the supermarket or xyz and that's what's causing the ripple effect is now that you're because you just consume that negativity when for me i think the best thing that we can do is starting on the micro scale of ourselves of loving ourselves of treating ourselves well of taking care of our headspace of filling up our own cups so that we can be better humans to the person next to us to in our community to that then that's creating a happier community to us then taking care of our community and taking care of our world to that goes up to the bigger scale to the state level it's like that's what i think it's really would make a change and cause like these ripple effects and I don't I think it's us kind of spinning our wheels of kind of arguing with each other in a circle of the best way to fix xyz when really at the end of the day I feel like we're looking we're constantly looking at the problem which is creating more problems as a fo- as opposed to us just simply being really focused on a solution-based mindset and doing what we can to be happy and prosperous and stay in a really high vibrational state of love like that's what I really think like truly wholeheartedly to my core is what would change the world and so I just don't believe there's anything productive with the news I I just don't I really don't for the most part Um, of course I'm speaking in generalization here but I feel really strongly about that and I just would never ever ever consume in my free time the news it does not add to my life if anything it just always makes me feel sad I feel heavy I feel icky after watching it I don't feel like enlightened I don't feel a higher consciousness I don't at all and it really freaks me out like when my dad will just kind of have the news on in the background absolutely not like that to me is just like I'm not having that just like be in my subconscious mind so not to really be going a passionate rant about that, but I feel really strongly about it. I don't consume the media slash if someone tries to tell me like it's to the point where someone's like, oh my God, did you hear this really bad news of X, Y, Z? And they'll t- I'm like, cool. Like, I don't want to know it. I don't want it, to. It's not it's just like all we're gonna do is exchange this we're both gonna be like oh my god that is literally terrible and I can feel the energy of the room like sag because that was heavy like no shit we're gonna feel that's gonna trigger emotion in us as it should like we're human but so I just don't I just don't pay attention to it to be fully honest and I'm very mindful of what I consume down to the movies that I watch because I do still think that there's any and tv shows that's why I don't watch a lot of movies and tv shows because there's a lot of energy uh, wrapped up in the movies and the shows slash they portray they, they they create you know a very potent environment um, and for me a lot of the times it can it can pollute my energetic space more than it raises it up so I'm just very discerning and very particular about the media that I consume so my answer is I stay away from it to stay positive and I control my thoughts and I focus on making my current environment and what I can do today the best it could possibly be and spread as much love and happiness that I can and good energy. And to me, that's what I think my duty is as a human. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. How much weight should you lose per week every month? A healthy um, range or I guess rate to lose weight is about like half a pound to one pound per week kind of depending on how much body weight that you have to lose though body fat um another way to look at it is about one percent of your body weight someone asked what's your biggest regret in life so far and have you forgiven yourself for it yet love you i love the way you asked this for some reason and i'm sending you so much love too i think the first thing that always comes to mind because this isn't the first time i've gotten asked this and a part of me is like did i answer this in a q and I? I don't know but 
whenever someone asks me this, the first thing that always comes to mind is just my whole college experience because I just felt so, that's the only thing that comes to mind because I just felt so unaligned and internally, energetically conflicted throughout my whole college career because I was so dead set on living the life that I'm living today. And it was so opposite of the life of my present environment at that point in time. And so I just constantly was in a really, just conflicted mental and internal and energetic state. So that's the only thing if I could look back on my life that I could see myself changing or like something that was really hard for me that I still made the decision to follow through with, you know, like, like, for example, my parents divorce was hard, but like I couldn't change. You know, that wasn't up to me. So it's like, that's kind of the only thing that I can think of. Um, but it wasn't really, that was more so a thing between my dad and I, and that's why I ended up going. So I never was really upset with myself. I felt more so upset with my dad, but that was also a very immature um, stance to have, like especially looking back now. But I never really felt resentment towards myself, even though I definitely could have made, you know, the stronger decision if I really wanted to push back on my dad to go to a different college. Um However, so to like, I guess thinking about that now, like I still don't, I 100% forgive myself. I don't feel any sort of resentment towards myself, but I do know I could have made a different decision if I really truly wanted to fight back. Um, however, I don't regret it to the point that I would change what I went through because I do think that hard time in my life of being so unhappy with my reality really set me up to it humbled me, first of all. Second of all, it taught me what it really was like to live a life that I wasn't happy with because I definitely am a very blessed individual. So I think that was a really humbling, expansive experience in a weird way to know what it feels like to be that unhappy so that I really can be genuinely really appreciative when I'm here or when I'm in Hawaii or when I'm in Tahiti. It's like I know what it feels like to live such a life that I could not stand that really has brought this newfound appreciation for when I'm in an environment that I really do love. Um, and also I don't regret it because I want to change it. I should say, because that was another time that really allowed me to deepen into fitness and into live fit because that was a really big thing that I turned to during that time because I didn't have a lot of friends and I was so unhappy. And that was like kind of a sense of familiarity for me. Um, and I really turned to it for like a coping mechanism and as an escape during college. And so now, you know, that this is that's one of the huge reasons why fitness will forever mean so much to me because it was so it was always a constant for me. It sort of make me emotional. <laughs> like it was always a constant for me when I was going through really hard times in life. And so, yeah, I wouldn't ever, I, if I could, I wouldn't go back and change where I went to school because I really do think it helped me cultivate such a deep, intimate relationship with fitness. And that may sound kind of corny and tacky, but fitness is such a huge portion of my life and a huge gift of my life right now. And I would really hate to not have had such a passionate, emotional, and intimate tie to fitness where I feel like if I went to another school that I was really happy and I had a lot of friends and XYZ, I wouldn't have nearly developed such a strong, deep-rooted tie to fitness. Next question. If you experienced it, what was your rock bottom? How did you get out? Advice for others to get out. My rock bottom, which I definitely have touched on this, rock bottom for me, I'm saying this uh, mentally because it's not like 
still pretty young. It's not like I've like been out on the streets or anything like that where like that endless respect to people who have worked through that. So my answer for this is more so like mentally my rock bottom. And that 100% was my 2019 era, which I've touched on before. Um, but essentially that was when I had the lowest of lows in the sense of my relationship to myself was just like my relationship with myself was just non-existent. And I have never had such a low level of self-esteem, self-respect, self-love like ever in my life. I feel like I was always kind of a conventionally confident person growing up, like a confident kid, just because there was no, I just was, I don't know. There was nothing about me that was kind of out of the ordinary, I guess, if you will. I say that lightly, but just for back the lack of a better term, like there was nothing that made me really stand out. So I was never super like insecure about much, I guess, if that makes sense. And I just never really thought about it a lot as a kid. It just was never something that I feel like you hear the stories of like 13 year olds who are like were insecure about their arms and things like that. Like I remember that day, I think I was maybe like 15, 16, where one of two of my friends were saying how they're insecure about their arms. I was like, I didn't even know that was something that you could be insecure about. So it just was, I just was kind of inherently kind of sure of myself. And then this was like sophomore year of college. Um, I just felt awful about myself. I had no self-confidence. I didn't know who I was. And it was really the aftermath of me, uh, kind of being going so full force and like obsessively into fitness to try to get a, a, I guess to form into a different version of myself that I thought was better which you guys know I've gone on this that that was stemming from when I got cheated on I turned to fitness to try to like find confidence again and like find self-worth because I felt like if I was quote-unquote hotter I would be more lovable, which is awful. Um, but so it kind of was, it got to the point in 2019 after years of me just trying to stick it out with fitness and hoping to find self-confidence and never finding it or, you know, finding self-worth and never finding it through fitness. I kind of had a breakdown in 2019 because I kind of was like, what the hell is going on? And I just felt so lost. Um, and it just made me question everything because when I was 17 and I got really into fitness as like a coping mechanism to help with getting cheated on, I thought like, oh, if I just stay the course, like in two years, like I'll be confident again. I'll be hot. I'll be happy with who I am. I'll feel like enough. I'll feel lovable. And it just never came through fitness because I wasn't doing any mental internal work coupled with fitness. And so obviously it just led me to a dead end. So the way that I got out of that rock bottom was affirmations. Um, that's why I'm so passionate about it today. Like I've been there and I've used these tools that I preach about to get me to where I am today, which was the, which is the best mental space I've ever been in. Um, and I would say positive affirmations about myself. I would start just with appreciations and affirmations. I would write down five affirmations about myself, whether it's about the way that I looked or my personality and who I was. And I would write down five things I was grateful for. And it just really helped me get into a positive headspace and get into the habit of thinking more happy thoughts and getting into the habit of speaking kindly to myself because I was really, really hard on myself for such a long time. I would just speak really down on myself because um, I was so like goal oriented. Oriented. I wasn't ever focused on loving myself for me in the present moment. So saying those affirmations really helped me cultivate self-love and kinder self-talk in the present moment. So my advice for others to get out of it in the sense of like a mental space is to just practice mindfulness and again I just believe in it so much because like I just said like they've directly like first-handedly pulled me out of really dark times 
Um, and so much of life is mental. So much of our problems is mental. And I think so many people overlook the power of just taking control of their thoughts and looking at things in a more optimistic way. I don't think people understand the magnitude of it and how powerful it is and how much momentum it can bring into your life to pull you out of a dark time. So I would say, you know, sit with yourself, meditate, journal, get out these feelings and really make the conscious decision and effort to change the sad, heavy, negative, mean thoughts that you have in your head and make the conscious effort and decision to have the awareness of when you're thinking them and to think something different. How do you get out of a rut? Been feeling drained and unproductive. By the way, I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Um, I've done a whole podcast, I think, on this. And of course, I literally couldn't tell you the episode number. But I did do an episode on this. And I think I, I know that I did do a YouTube video on this as well. So if you want to look on my channel, it's from like kind of the summer months. Um, but I would say... The biggest thing for me to get out of a rut because I totally know the feeling, dude, where it's like, like I have a passion for personal development. I really like having my little goals in the morning. I love like little things of not looking at my phone, of putting up the blinds, of tidying up my room, of like little teeny goals that I have set for myself, of drinking all the water for the day. Like I love doing that. And when I get in ruts, it's like nothing lights me up or I just feel like I have no drive to go do anything or I have no I'm kind of like what's the point like that's kind of I get in those head spaces sometimes when I'm in a rut and so I know what it feels like to be like I have no drive to do everything anything um and so first thing I want to say is to give yourself grace and patience I think obviously I'm a huge advocate for divine timing and I do think that it's natural for us to ebb and flow like we're human beings we're not always supposed to be productive and on top of it like 24 7 and I think that those you know restful periods are there for a reason and I think there's a lot of just validity and depth within those moments and those phases where you're feeling less productive and things are slower for you like I think that's just a a message from your body and your soul and your internal being to have a different shift of focus for that time being so have patience with yourself understand that it's needed right you're feeling it for a reason and do things to recharge you so my first tip is to after I guess being patient my second tip is to do things that fill up your cup so do things that make you happy that not necessarily are productive but little things maybe it's for you that's watching movies or going for a walk or hiking or laughing or baking things that just like make you happy and kind of like give you the buzz again for life I think that's the next place that I really would start. And then from there, I also like to remind myself of all the good things in my life, of all the things that I've accomplished, of all the things I'm grateful for, of all the amazing people in my life, because that also kind of helps to just lift my spirits and make me be hyped of like, damn, yes, like there's so much to live for. There's so much to do. There's so much to go live, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So that's another thing that really helps me pull me out. I also try to remind myself of who the frick I am, of, you know, remind myself that I need to get back into my power. I need to take my power back and live a life that I'm in charge of and I'm in the driver's seat of. And then from there, I kind kind of will start with kind of writing down a few more goals and like remind myself of the things that make me feel very empowered and like for me that's me really ticking off all of the boxes on my to-do list and things like that and like really truly pouring into myself and to my goals and the things that I want in life so I will kind of write down a few goals that I want to have to be the focus for the next week or two just to help me build up more momentum and confidence and kind of getting me hyped up again for continuing to put in the action towards living my dream life so those are some steps that I take to help me just kind of get re-inspired again and get realigned and recalibrated to keep you know, working towards my dream life. 
when are the butterfly stickers coming? You guys, here's some tea. The girl just like stopped answering me. So I'm actually going to try to reach out to her again and see if she's like down. If not, I need to go find another graphic designer because I just want these done the right way. And I really wanted this one girl to do it and she just didn't answer me. But I am going to try to go back to her again another time and see if she's going to be down. <laughs> But I did have some people on a live stream say that they still wanted the stickers that I made myself. So I think I will throw those up onto my stand store and just have them available for anyone who wants to order them. But I do need to get like cute envelopes. That's why I haven't done it yet because I need to have stuff ready to be able to mail it out like in a timely manner. You feel me? I don't know why if I'm still like a little, I feel like my voice gets a little bit hoarse when I'm talking for a while since being sick. Um, next question, how did you meet friends after you moved somewhere? For me, um, a big thing, but I think it's, I'm kind of blessed because I am in the social media space, but like meeting people through Instagram, that was kind of a big thing. Like when I went to Hawaii or just through my social media, but anyone can still do that too. Like even if you're not like, even if this isn't what you do for work, like you can still hundred percent like reach out to people on Instagram or like via TikTok. I feel like I always see those things of like, I'm moving XYZ. I need girlfriends, blah, blah, blah. And you can just like comment on the TikTok. Um, a big thing also, I always meet a lot of people at the gym just because I'm there all the time. And I just, I don't know. I just tend to kind of have random interactions in the gym. So that's kind of a big way that I meet people. Um, also, just not being afraid to kind of put yourself out there and just like talk to someone. And a huge thing when it comes to meeting new people is your energy. Like when I'm in a new space and I'm wanting to, or I'm just in a phase where I'm wanting to meet more friends, I am on my freaking morning affirmations. Like it's nobody's business. Like saying myself to the mirror, looking at myself in the eyes, like I effortlessly make new friends. I'm constantly meeting new people and making new connections. And I just am saying that to myself and it's really, really focus on opening up my energy because I'm telling you like on the days that I'm low vibe or I feel closed off like I it is amazing because it's so cool to me how just inevitably I talk to less people throughout my day when I'm in that frequency whereas opposed to I'm really vibing high that day I'm feeling really happy. I've opened up my energy. I meditated. I'm connected to my heart space, whatever the case may be. Those are the days where like the person in front of me at the TJ Maxx line is like, oh my God, your shirt's so cute, like blah, blah, blah. And I end up talking with them. It's like, I always have those small conversations when my energy is really on point um, because that's just what's naturally calling people in. Whereas opposed to like, I feel like anyone would agree with this. Like if you're standing next to someone who seems like they just are super closed and awkward or just kind of like standoffish, you don't feel that pull to go talk to them whereas someone who's like super high vibe for the day and their energy is just magnetic it's like you effortlessly can't help but want to go into their space because their energy is so attractive and so drawing and so magnetic so that's like a really also big tip for when it comes to meeting new people is like really be on your energy and be really aware of your body language and just of you know really seeming like an inviting friendly human because that energy is going to attract more people in and the thing is, it really all it really takes is meeting like one person and then you meet their friends and then you're in another social circle with like you're in an, I mean, another social setting where then you can make friends with their friends and then it just like kind of make helps you meet more people. So that's my biggest thing that always helped to keep me encouraged was like it only takes meeting one person to then be able to find like kind of more friends from there. How will I know I found my highest self as it comes and goes day by day? This is such an interesting question and I really love the way that you worded it. Um, but for me, a, a kind of almost a counter, I, I kind of want to take this a different way, I guess, a different direction. I don't feel like 
your higher self isn't necessarily something that you like find and keep and like there you did it. You put your stake in the ground like I made it done. I think your higher self is something that's way more free flowing and infinite, right? It's not something that's like finite that you can kind of find and put it in a box and keep it there, right? Which I think that's what you're getting at when you say as it comes and goes day by day. I think your higher self is a finite, infinite, excuse me, an infinite being entity spirit soul that is meant to come and go day by day so I think like I guess for me speaking from experience like there's totally phases and periods where I feel super tapped into my higher self I kind of don't know how to describe it I kind of almost I want to describe it as like kind of plugging it into an outlet but I don't really even see it as such like that but kind of just in the sense where there's days where I feel super tapped in in that sense where I just feel like I'm vibrating at a very high frequency I can really clearly you know, here I'm very tapped into my intuition. I feel very calm and sure and rooted and grounded in my energy and who I am. Things are kind of just flowing throughout my day very effortlessly. I don't feel very foggy or scatterbrained. Like those are days where I'm like, yeah, I'm really tapped in and connected to her today. But that's not to say that there's other times, right? Like where I feel like the past few weeks, I haven't been super tapped in, where I felt kind of fuzzy. I've had a hard time kind of sitting down and filming some things. I haven't been speaking as fluently or as effortlessly. And to me, all of those are kind of signs to me that I'm not as tapped into my higher self. So I feel like it's totally okay and normal for that to come and go with, of course, the intention to have that higher self, that connection be, you know, come rather than going. <laughs> um, but I think you will know when you know when life feels a lot more effortless and you feel just very empowered and rooted in who you are at the same time. But with that being said, understand that having phases of being really tapped in and also having phases of not really being tapped in is okay and normal. And I think it's the same thing to compare it like your spiritual journey to your fitness journey. Like there's times where I feel super excited to go work out. I'm having really great sessions. I'm having really great mind to muscle connections. I'm pushing a lot of weight. I feel really strong. But then there's also periods where I feel super unmotivated I feel like my mind to muscle connection isn't there I feel really off I don't feel inspired I'm not having good sessions and it really is the same thing for me with my spirituality like I personally I can't speak for everyone but I go through phases right and even with my meditations there's periods where I have really vivid meditations and I go so deep when I'm meditating and other times I'm like I'm just kind of getting through that 15 minute session I'm just trying to focus on my breath but I didn't really get as deep as I have in previous times so I think it just kind of comes with the territory a little bit um, and I think it's something to have grace with and it's something for you to cherish when that higher self is with you and you feel really connected, but it's also nothing to beat yourself up with when you're having some more natural distance. Someone said, no offense. When I read that, I was like, oh no, here we go. But they said, no offense, but how do you wear the, how do you find the confidence to wear cute matching sets in the gym? Girl, I wear what I want. That's pretty much all that it is. I think I love the way that I dress when I work out and I think it's so cute and so I want to wear it. It's kind of like back to that question of like how are, do you stay confident like in your own decisions and opinions? It's like I value my opinion more than I value someone else's opinion. It's my life. I'm the one wearing it. If someone else doesn't want to wear it, that's why they're not wearing it. If they don't think it's cute on me, then that's why they didn't choose to wear it or to tell someone else to wear it. I think it's cute on me. So I told myself to wear it. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm very particular. Like I like my clothes really tight when I'm working out. I don't want them to be in my way when I'm lifting. That's why I don't really wear baggy clothes a lot. And that's a personal preference. And so I dress accordingly to help me 
perform well, to feel motivated and inspired to go work out. And for me, that's a really cute matching set, specifically Alphalete. <laughs> Another question, how to improve self-discipline. I did answer this on my Instagram Q&A because I, I accidentally did these kind of like back to back. But I did want to bring it on here to the podcast as well because someone asked it again. Um, and I think self discipline is such a beautiful way I basically said this already on my Instagram story so sorry if this is repeating but I think self-discipline is such a beautiful way to cultivate and really develop self-trust with yourself and if you think about some of the really important components that come with having a healthy relationship you know whether it's with a friendship like a friend or in your family or just any loved one or romantic partner like trust and respect are some huge characteristics of like a really healthy relationship that will stand the test of time so why would they not be really important characteristics that are you know why would they not be really important when it comes to relationship with yourself and I think that's kind of a really missing piece that people struggle with with themselves like a lot of the things that people struggle with in terms of self-discipline or um, things like that it's like they don't trust themselves and they don't respect themselves hence why it's so hard for them to keep promises to themselves so for me it's like having developing self-discipline in some sense is so important to have a really healthy relationship with yourself because it really allows you to build up trust and respect for yourself because when you it's kind of like when you have a friend and they show up no matter what and they have so much integrity they say they're going to do something and they do it like for me at least I'm like damn I respect the shit out of you like you said you're going to do it and you're freaking here like that to me means so much to me and that makes me trust the person more like they said they were going to be here at three and they're here at three and we're doing the thing that they said they were going to do like I trust them um so I think to help improve and develop self-discipline you need to work on developing your trust and respect that you have for yourself so I think a great place to start would be just to start small and to really think of it and care like take it on the same way that you would treat a friend like if you told a friend that you were going to meet them at three for coffee or that'd be weird okay meet them at 11 for coffee you would be there at 11 to meet them for coffee you wouldn't just like stand them up and never show up and so I think it's kind of having that perspective and that mindset I always say be your own best friend like treat yourself like you would treat a friend and set kind of small little goals like have maybe make the intention just to set one promise to yourself that day whether that's just going to the gym at three o'clock setting that promise and following through no matter what as if you're going to meet a friend there or you told a friend you were going to do it and if you need to tell your friend that you said I told myself I'm going to go to the gym at three you better text me at 305 to make sure I'm there to help you stay accountable and things like that and go just with the same motivation that you're going to follow through for the friend and then you'll eventually kind of get into that habit and I think it'll be much easier to eventually keep promises to yourself because you'll slowly be building and cultivating that self-trust and confidence with yourself that you'll that you'll actually follow through with your own word this is a hard one this question says healing your relationship with your food and body while living in a toxic environment I feel so for the people who are still younger that watch me and are still kind of in their family home life and I really empathize with you because I know that so many people have so many different situations for their home life and I'm definitely I've always been someone who my environment really tr contributes to my mental health and mental clarity like my the my environment like physically in nature and also home environment like plays a really big role in my happiness so I, I really feel you on this um, and my biggest advice would be to just try to create your own environment in this toxic environment and I know that sounds so much easier said than done but even to like little little things and I know this is not going to be able to fully compare but just to give you some sort of example like even just last night I was downstairs and my dad is back again and he was listening to he was watching the news and like I 
was going to go down and like sit with him and just kind of be with him. And I was like this to me, I classify that as like something that's toxic for me and not great for my headspace and energetic state. And so I just chose myself, chose to remove myself from the situation. So I know it's going to depend on people's like family dynamics, but that'd be my first advice is just to remove yourself from toxic situations within your home when you can to create a safe space for you, whether that's in your room or your basement or whatever the case may be, and try to just make your conscious decision in the effort to remove yourself from situations that don't feel good slash at the very least affirm to yourself in your mind that you don't need to accept this way of life or this way of thinking I did that a ton growing up when I saw toxic things and toxic interactions I just would have the awareness of saying like hey this doesn't feel good to me in my gut this isn't something that I want to replicate I don't need to just mindlessly go replicate this and adopt this as my own I'm going to use this as a learning moment with myself use this as contrast to know what I don't want and what I don't want to be and that was a huge thing for me and I would say okay now I know what I don't want to do so when I'm in this position in the future I want to handle it in this sense and I'm telling you that was like kind of my own little form of therapy growing up and it really helped me so much so that's my advice with that um, and even I guess within the sense of healing your relationship with your food and your body like tr again try not to take on the opinions of other people in your family or in your home if they have toxic opinions and again just affirm to yourself of what your beliefs are of what you want to choose to believe because it is a choice and practice that in your mind as opposed to just blindly taking on other people's opinions um, and ways of life in your living environment. What do you think about yoga? I love yoga. I also really like Pilates. have been doing it more often than I have in previous years, but I still would like to do it a little bit more often. But I like yoga. Why would I ever have anything negative to say about yoga? Not a question, but I want to thank you again for being such a light. So thankful the uni guided me to you. Thank you, Liz. I'm saying your name just because I know who you are. And I just want to say thank you. And I appreciate you so much. What should you do if your partner doesn't necessarily put in as much effort? Hot take. This, I think, is a really great question um, and a really important one. And to be fully honest, I think, well, I think it depends on what you mean. And second of all, I'm so huge into open communication. Um, and for something like this, this is something that would kind of accumulate and kind of pile up to the point where like over the long haul, it would cause like deep rooted issues with you guys because you guys never actually talked about this. Like one day it's gonna blow up and you're gonna blow up on him and he's gonna be like, yo, what's going on? And you're gonna be like, really, it's actually stemming from the past three months of kind of the compounding effect of me feeling like you're not putting in any effort. So I would say to talk to your partner as early on as possible about this so it doesn't compound and accumulate. Um, and I think your delivery about of how you go about this is really important. So for me, you know, I think it's really different for you to go in and be like, you don't care. You're not giving me any attention. I try way harder than you and you're not doing anything because the last thing you want to do is attack your partner slash invalidate their perspective of how they think things are going. Because if I've learned anything, everyone's perspective is so valid and everyone's experiencing a different version of technically the same reality, but in a different way, just based on your perceptions, right? So I 100% would give your partner the benefit of the doubt. And instead of attacking and saying like, <clears throat> I feel like you don't care. I don't feel like you're putting in any effort. Instead of doing that, say, hey, just want to talk to you about this. Like, I feel like I've been putting in a lot of effort and I don't necessarily feel like it's always being matched for these reasons, right? Like give them examples and say, I just want to know if this is kind of something that's just in my head and in my perspective. I kind of am wanting to know what you think about the situation. If you agree with what I just said, or if you feel like you've, you know, been actually trying to put in more effort and I haven't been acknowledging or I haven't noticed and have him give you examples. 
I think that goes so far of giving us giving your partner a second to explain their side of the story, to give them a chance to express themselves and for you to give, for you to have the chance to understand and have compassion and put yourself in their shoes to understand because almost always it's simply a miscommunication thing. Um, and I think it just would go a really long way and it, it makes the other person feel safe to not have to get defensive and actually have them feel safe to solve the situation at hand as opposed to having it be like a defensive battle as like you versus me. It should be like us versus the situation. How do you feel about copper IUDs since you're not a supporter of hormonal birth control? I'm a very, I haven't done enough research like I don't feel confident enough to be speaking on as much as I do with like other hormonal birth controls where I feel like I'm very strongly on that opinion um but with that being said so I could do more research on copper IUDs but with what I do know I do feel way more comfortable with copper IUDs that's honestly something I could see myself getting um I honestly may get that um uh, someone close to me recently got a copper IUD I just am nervous because I know that it hurts and I just don't like the concept of like anything in my body that's not meant to be there <laughs> and like a piece of metal but um out of all the options like I definitely am a I'm, I'm the biggest supporter for a copper IUD more than anything so I definitely am a fan of it where do you look for education about nutrition and gym hormones etc the biggest way that I've learned a lot. I mean, obviously I did the personal training course and all that, but also like listening to doctors via podcasts are like a huge way that I feel like I've learned. Like for example, hormones, like I learned so much from Dr. Jay Tita. Um, he, I think he's a naturopathic doctor and he has a podcast called the next level human podcast. And like, that was a huge thing that I turned to. That's like how I learned so much about female hormones. Cause he specializes in that. I'm um, in learning about all that with like getting my period back. So that's like the biggest way is definitely just listening listening to like professionals like listening to their podcasts brother is doing big life decisions with girlfriend parents and I are not ready to divide as a family yet I don't know how to cope when I read this I was like ugh. like I totally know the feeling of being like damn like we're moving on like people are getting older but what I will say like you need to respect that your siblings your parents everyone like all of you guys are your own people and I would hate to have like if this sounds I guarantee this is something your brother is probably like really excited about and I do not think that's fair or a good thing to like then kind of make your brother feel guilty for wanting to take the next step in his life like he is an individual he's able to make his own life and you know as much as he needs to still love and respect his family he doesn't owe you guys anything of still needing to like sit there and be there with you guys to make yourself comfortable like if he feels ready to take this leap and he's wanting to do something that makes him excited and feel happy like he should 100% do that without feeling held back or without feeling guilt and I think it would be you guys like you being a good sister and you guys being a good family to be happy for him and to help him feel excited about this next phase in his life and be supportive of him instead of kind of feeling like uh, are you sure like you can't divide the family yet because I know that's like no fun and it's kind of almost selfless in my opinion. I'm not trying to attack you, but I'm just saying like in these kind of situations because I've been in these situations before where I just feel like it's selfish of the people to be like, why are you going to do that? Like I want you to stay here when I get something that's really excited for them and their life. Do you still do coaching calls? Would love to chat. Yes, I still do. They are linked down below in the show notes to go book a one-on-one -on -one call. I still have 30-minute options and 60-minute options. I would love to talk. Dude, I never stopped doing them, so for sure. I am available on the other side of Google Meet. <laughs> can you heal during a relationship? I 100% think that you can, and I think if someone says that you can't, that's concerning because I think that's kind of implying like that codependent relationship where you're just like merging 
into one human without like having any sense of like independency or like still having our own goals and like working on self-improvement. I think it's so important to still have your own goals and self-improvement and all that sort of stuff when you are in a relationship to have that sense of identity still and not get lost in one another. And that's when I feel like it's the healthiest, stable, strongest relationship when it's like two really sure human beings and souls coming together as opposed to you kind of like leaning on each other as a crutch. So I a hundred percent think that you can still heal in a relationship together. Um, it doesn't like it could be with your partner. You can heal. I think being able to talk through things with your partner, whether it's about childhood trauma or insecurities you have can definitely help you heal. But I also think you can a hundred percent heal completely independently while still being in a relationship, things that you're doing on your own to, you know, become better or improve or work on certain things. So I a hundred percent say yes, that you can still heal during a relationship and I think that you should be healing in a relationship because with that I think we're all constantly healing I don't think that you heal and then when you get into a relationship you're like hey did it I'm done I'm here like that scares me because that's when I think people kind of just get you know sit idle and get complacent where I feel like you should constantly we are always healing and not and I don't say that in a discouraging way I say that just in a way of like we're constantly learning in life and with that comes constant healing Go-to dinner recipes. You guys, something I made the other night, so freaking good, and it's my new hyperfixation. I'm literally going to go to my mom's and make it today again. But freaking spaghetti squash, case totally slept on. It's so easy to make. You just freaking cut it in half, scoop out the seeds, put it face down on like a little pan with some water in there to help it kind of like steam. Put it in the freaking oven for like four at 400 degrees for like 40 minutes. It gets super soft. You just scrape it with a fork and it kind of mimics like spaghetti, but it's squash. Then I made like a meat sauce with, um, I use like ground turkey, zucchini, green bell pepper, red bell pepper, uh, fresh basil, tomato, crushed tomatoes, obviously, whatever, whatever. Made like a little meat sauce and put it on top. <gasps> it was so good. It was so good. And that's like all I'm wanting nowadays. How to deal with weight gain and HA recovery. This one I really want to touch on briefly because I just feel like I just I've been here, obviously, and I know how hard it can be. And I just feel like I haven't talked about HA in a while. Um, but I think the biggest thing, which I talked about this on a live stream yesterday, the thing is, is like, especially when it comes to HA recovery, you need to understand that your body is not in a healthy state. That's why you don't have a period, right? It's in a stressed out state. It's overworked. So for me, I, for, with my experience, it got to a point for me where I was like, okay, if I'm sitting here saying that I'm passionate about health and wellness, but clearly my internal health is a wreck, like I'm not actually healthy. And that's so unbelievably hypocritical of me. So I, that was my biggest wake up call where I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing all these things to be healthy. And clearly I'm not healthy if my body doesn't feel safe to ovulate every freaking month and have a normal healthy period, which is a huge vital sign for females. So for me, I was like, I knew that something needs to change. And if I'm actually doing this to try to take care of my health, you know, the, the thing to actually take care of my health in this time is to gain weight. There's a hundred percent such thing as a healthy weight gain. I um, mean, it's really important. And another thing that helped motivate me and keep me like be able to commit to the weight gain was knowing that there's like actual long-term like legitimate health issues that can be caused from being chronically underweight or not having a functioning period like hormones. You guys, I can't express you enough to you enough are so critical when it comes to having a healthy body. Um, they dictate so many processes within the body. And so having healthy optimal hormone levels is so important. And there are serious repercussions over the long haul of the accumulation of having unhealthy hormone levels for a long period of time. So things like you're more prone to develop osteoporosis. Like there's just like a ton of things if you actually do research. And that really made me commit to the weight gain. And like I knew that I wanted to be healthy for my family and friends. Like that's a huge motivation 
motivating factor for me to be my best self. Like I don't want to be a burden to my family and friends. I don't want to be at risk when I'm married and my husband has to worry about me. Like I want to be able to hold my own. I want to be a strong, healthy mom for my children. I want to be able to have children. And for me, that involves me having a healthy, normal period every month and having healthy hormones. So really thinking about all those things really made me commit to the weight gain and know that there's so much more at stake and there's so many more deeper reasons to take care of your health than just to simply look a certain way and it's really sad it kind of was a wake-up call for me of being like it just made me check myself of being like okay well are you living in your ego like you're really willing to sacrifice your true health just to be more comfortable in your ego because you can see more muscle definition like to me I'm like that's such a shallow way to live not to come at people, but like, it's kind of the harsh truth that some people need to hear that perspective. And so for me, I was like, I'm not going to choose the shallow route. I'm going to choose to, you know, be genuinely healthy for the things that actually matter in life to me, I guess, you know? Okay. And the last question I'm going to answer is this one, because it's pretty cool. And I think it's a cool one to end on. It says, what is your favorite butterfly effect story from your life? And for a second, I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about this. But the thing that comes to mind is the concept of really it's the butterfly story that got me to, to be where I am today. And it's the whole concept of when I was cheated on. And I know like that happened when I was 17 years old, I was a senior in high school and you guys, I feel like I touch on it relatively. I don't talk about every time, but like I do feel like relatively frequently I touch on it, which it just shows how much it like kind of catapulted me into growth after all these years, like kind of in that butterfly effect. But like if I didn't go get, cheated on I really don't think I would ever have turned to fitness to the potency and the capacity and like the the sheer determination to stick with weightlifting I don't think I would have had that if I didn't get cheated on because there's also a beautiful saying pain turn or pain is where you find your purpose and that's this is my purpose like I feel so passionate about lifting and helping others like kind of go down this route and for me it's because I feel so passionate about it because it was there for me in a time where I was at such a low point and so if I hadn't gotten cheated on, I would have never turned to weightlifting to try to cultivate confidence. And if I didn't ever try to go find confidence through weightlifting, I would have never hit that mental rock bottom where then I found, you know, affirmations and gratitude, which is now such a huge part of my brand. And if I ever didn't find that, I would have never found the whole world of spirituality. I would have never found my connection to uni. I would have never found like any of that. And all of those things are such huge components towards me doing lift it now and so like for me I like that's a hundred percent the epitome of a butterfly effect it's like me being cheated on has now led to me helping you know hundreds of thousands of people now impacting their lives at the very least in some sense doing what I absolutely love not having a normal corporate nine-to-five job working for myself starting a whole business and now having a whole lifestyle that I'm preaching that's impacting people's lives for the better it's like and it all came from like a little wounded 17 year old live like which is insane but it really has directly come from that like this brand has completely been grown from like my deepest pain in so many ways and not just in that one time of when it started like for example when I was really at that low point in 2019 like this brand has continued to accumulate because when I struggle and when I'm kind of at my lows, like that's when I find a newfound tool or perspective to keep me going. And that's what I share with you guys. And that's just also speaking on behalf of pain is where you find your purpose. And now this brand 
means so much to me and helping you guys means so much to me because I have such an intimate tie to the whole entire mission that this brand is built on, you know, which is crazy. So that's going to be my last question for this Q&A. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. I felt like kind of like a cozy heart to heart vibe as we were talking about this for some reason. I really enjoyed it. And for the affirmation for today, I feel like since it was a Q&A and I were not like talking about one specific topic, which is how I usually come up with an affirmation for you guys, I thought it would be fun to pull an affirmation card because I've been thinking of doing this for a while and I just haven't really ever done it. But you guys know I like to pull some affirmation cards on some mornings and it's just kind of fun to see what the uni wants to give us. So I figured we could pull one today for our affirmation for this epi. And all of my decks are linked on my Amazon um, storefront, which should be linked yeah it is linked in the show notes as well and this deck that i'm using is by intelligent change it's the same company um that wrote the five minute journal or created the five minute journal so the way i do this is i essentially just shuffle and then when a card falls out like that's what the uni wants us to hear so i like to set an intention what affirmation does the Lific collective need to hear in this podcast epi what affirmation does the Lific collective need to hear in this podcast epi This is an interesting one. I really never get this. I think it's so also interesting because when I use cards, like I will t not always, but there are certain cards that I will get quite frequently and certain cards that I really will never see. But then like if someone else uses my deck, they'll get the card that I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was like in that deck. It's just like so cool because I do feel like it's so individualized. So this one says, I listen more than I speak. Kind of ironic because you're all listening to a podcast. I listen more than I speak interesting so maybe some of you guys just need to hear the fact of like maybe you need to be more of a receptive energy and kind of like just being more thoughtful and just being a little bit more you know coming with a thought coming up with a thoughtful kind of response as opposed to like a fiery or emotional reaction something like that i listen more than i speak very interesting all right you guys i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode this little q a thank you guys so much for everyone who did send in a question i also just want to remind you guys that there are seats still available in my costa rica retreat i believe there is still one spot available now that has opened up within the first wave someone unfortunately had to cancel and there's about eight seats in the second wave of the costa rica retreat as well both of those trip pages are linked down below i also just want to clarify i'm always speaking of like what's the current status right now but the trip page may say something different but the trip page is what is like the current up-to-date most accurate like seat standing for the retreat so if i say there's a seat left but by the time you're listening to this you click on the link and it says it's sold out then that means someone has already bought a ticket between the time i'm filming this and to when you saw the trip page so whatever it says on the trip page will give you the accurate current trip standing for seats um but yeah anyways if you do are enjoying this podcast and you want to show some support completely free to you i would so appreciate if you guys could leave a five-star review it is the best way to support this podcast and also subscribe to it i can't tell you enough how much it helps just reach and more reach more people and impact more lives you could also leave a review if you would like to as well screenshot share it on your story all those good things as i always say i appreciate you guys' love and support more than you know i'm sending you so much love and hopefully i'll see you in the next epi peace out